Good morning, everybody, and I know it's been a minute, and I am late to the game because we actually had uh, a secret fourth part, or maybe this is the third part. Ah, well, the final part to Peter Howard's discussion that we had uh, talking through his top 12 wide receivers and any of the other, I guess, sidetracks that we could get on to. So I wanted to get this out along with uh, getting out our first part into our discussion with J. Mike to here today. But uh, let's go ahead and finish up our conversation with Peter before we get into the rest. All right. Enjoy. It's automatic. <laughs> and here are your authors. Chris Allen and a- a- Adam Wildy. Right, so our next guy is Pittman, and the reason I wanted him to be the uh, the guy we rolled into after Higgins is because I see the same three players at every single uh, 201. So it's been three times that I've been around the 201, and it's always Higgins, Ruggs, and Pittman, and they've gone in a different order all three times. Good <laughs> so to know on consensus. <laughs> so tell, tell us about Pittman. Um, Pittman's it's kind of a similar valuation to T Higgins. Like he did everything he should have. Um, he didn't break thresholds a little bit like rugs, like Higgins did. Um, but he looks fine. He played at a later age. This is one of the ones the one of the players Travis May has been saying, you've got to understand players are playing at different, different patterns of when they play at the moment. Um, I, I, I still can't really understand what he's talking about. He kept mentioning player portals, and all I can imagine is wizards popping up through like magical doors. <laughs> or Rick and, and Morty. I stopped listening, and it's a problem. But um, is it Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, something about red shirts happening more often. But and he says, you know, uh, and to be fair, Pittman played on uh, USC, and I think he was playing behind and around good players, and so you can make. Some reasonable expectation, reasonable mental adjustments. No reason to adjust the numbers, but you do know the context is significant. Um, he only played aged 19, 20, and 21. Yards per team pass attempt, for example, since that's, that's the one everyone likes. Um, he was, you know, 0.8 at age 19, which, you know, rookie at age 19, it's fine. But again, it's not what Brian Edwards did. It's not even what T Higgins did. Right. Um, it's a little better than what the Viscational did. Um, <laughs> at 20, he's at 1.9. So you're getting close to that threshold again. He was good in his age 20 season, and he went up at age 21. So he improved every year mm-hmm. in terms of his efficiency on the volume he was getting. Um, I actually have to look because the, the percentages won't work here. I don't actually know what... Uh, receptions he was getting oh he got like 40 receptions and then 101 so that last year when he was the most efficient he's actually had the most volume mm-hmm. so that's all a positive story i think um he was a very good player in college here's a thing that's like the typical pr- pattern of a wide receiver right they get better and they get mm-hmm. more volume as they go on right. if you plot it against top players that have had a top 24 season those graphs i do he's below the line that's it and it's the right pattern. He got more efficient. I would say it is interesting. He continued to get more efficient with more volume. That's hard to do. And and people that watch him say he looks for real. He's built reasonably. So there's nothing bad here. It's yeah, just that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I try to make it sound more negative when I'm talking to Travis, but because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing. Yeah, he looks fine. Um, 
So I would say maybe that efficiency, I never actually looked in a per age basis at it before that. What was it? 2.5 with 101 receptions. That's actually significant. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, if you wanted to walk down Narrative Street with them, my goodness, are they through the moon with that guy? And he was oh. a second round pick too. I would say his team was overall efficient that year as well. Like in his last season, he was 1.16 yards above team average in yards per team pass attempt. So like, it seems like a lot of his team was being remarkably efficient. And that's probably why. Why you didn't get more excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Karen. (laughs) Yeah. Just Frank, Wright. I mean, is through the moon with him and he was with Paris Campbell too, but Paris Campbell didn't get to play the whole year. So you can't really say uh, Paris Campbell was a bust because he didn't play the whole year. I think there's plenty of room for both of them. And I think Paris Campbell's still uh, an even better buy because Pittman really does absolutely nothing to Paris Campbell. And Paris Campbell is still going to be the prime beneficiary of Philip Rivers being horrible at this point in his career. Um, but yeah, that's just kind to of say. Story. With Campbell, like he was fine. I I gave him a, I gave Zach Reed a lot of trouble over Pittman because mm-hmm. again that draft class it was a lot easier to pick out the winners and losers because there were some that crossed the thresholds and some that didn't. You're know, like right. Ah. This one it's mm-hmm. a little bit more. It's trickier. Um, and Pittman, yeah, I would say I like his profile as good as Paris Campbell's. I like him a little bit more where he's a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it fits that offense a little more but you know there are plenty of good NFL players we don't care about I'm not saying he's bad he's, oh, yeah. he's, I think the Colts should be oh, happy yeah. with him I would say there's no team that ever got on a group call after a draft and went man <laughs> we we shouldn't have taken that guy <laughs> what were we thinking last night I don't know maybe the Packers no one's, <laughs> so, maybe yeah. the Packers <laughs> maybe the Packers yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe they woke up the next day not knowing what happened the night before they thought it was like oh my god what happened my kid was using my draft board and they said <laughs> I got hacked. I got hacked. Yeah. <laughs> they um, wake up the next day to look at their own depth chart and just see what happened. They're like, what on earth happened? <laughs> no, and the best explanation, the one I like the best, actually, is that they're trying to be the 49ers, but they don't understand what the 49ers are or why. <laughs> so they tried to draft the use tech. They tried to draft multiple running backs because so, that's what the – so yeah. San Francisco, and they ran over them twice last year, and I'm like, that's not how they build that. T- oh, forget it. <laughs> waste, your, waste your first round pick. So did, they just didn't care about quarterback, just like the 49ers do. Or yeah, they, they didn't understand that the, if no. San Francisco had Aaron Rodgers, they wouldn't be built the way they built. They're like, no, it's obviously yeah, exactly. just we'll just build that way. And obviously, it's all just a story, but I kind of like that story better. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that is, that's just full on tilt. We're going to oh, be the 49ers. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to make this longer, but that you, was funny. Like, for the Jimmy Garoppolo people, I mean, I mean, you can you can like Jimmy Garoppolo all you want, whatever, but I'm just saying in that specific offense, you could put just about any quarterback in. It's really not going to matter too terribly much. Somebody said something along the lines of Jimmy Garoppolo's job is to not suck for the entire game and then be good for two passes. And that was – I'm like, that's not a knock to Jimmy Garoppolo, and that is very valid. <laughs> it's like, one of the smartest things I've heard. I knock coaching narratives a lot and I because mostly it doesn't translate into fantasy football. Like, right. Debo Samuels was good, not a top 24 guy. I mean, he was still remarkable, and they did remarkable things with him. It's just – it's a different thing. And that's how you know he's a good coach – 
it's just that good coach doesn't mean that's where I want my players to come from. Because he might, a good coach is going to do what he has to do. And if it's hide his quarterback, that's what he does. <laughs> if it's his <laughs> running backs, like that's what he's going to do. Um, so, sorry, like I know what an NFL coach is. <laughs> <laughs> all right so the next guy on your list is rugs we've hit on him extensively did you want to give him the floor on his own at all i i can't say it all again if you want like i love the player i love what he did for his college team i think they got more out of a wide receiver three than he could ever hope to right college. and to the point the nfl over the last four years has averaged like two percent higher target share two wide receiver threes for individual teams it is a thing. We are seeing a shift in target share. That's one of the reasons there's a downplay in top uh, 12 wide receivers, for example. Like there's Michael Thomas, who's a difference maker, Devontae Adams, who didn't play the whole season, and everybody else. And you can kind of pick and choose until wide receiver 15. Part of it is this shift in target distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, but the death of the wide receiver one. Something I men- mentioned earlier, like for for Jerry Judy, for my next guy who will have like there's a <laughs> there's a slightly outsized role we're still not getting three top 36 wide receivers but it's nice to know they're getting a little bit more play especially it also happens around when there's a good draft class like the year before you'll see a rise in target share for wide receiver threes and i think it's because a few of them are earning that role if you know mm-hmm. what i mean right right around 2010 it kind of happened too but anyway um but yeah henry ruggs i really admire what he did in college that's the best way i can say it because i i had but when, before I wrote that article, the reason I wrote it is I think people were mistaking this for not respecting the player or not liking the player. Not many people can do what he did. He's got great size, great draft capital. He's going to the right team. I just think most players aren't able to carve out a big enough portion of their offense in college, like aren't able to beat out Devontae Smith, who no one thinks is Jerry Judy, let alone mm-hmm. Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to. He's like 18% below the average for players that have a single top 24 season in terms of the role in volume that he was able to carve out. That normally doesn't translate well for fantasy, <laughs> at least. But he clearly yeah. can play football. So He could be a better NFL pick than a fantasy pick, but he's also a kind of guy. Um, I read an article for Ruggs the other day. I wish I remembered content creators better, but whoever wrote it made a very good point that if you're drafting Ruggs, you probably were – already doing very well in your league unless you traded for the pick so that's the perfect pick to make for a contender because uh, if you if you have that late pick and you take rugs and he just lights it on fire like he could on film that's a great it's a killer pick and the way he's fading right now it's not just like metrics guys a lot of people must be fading him to get him in the second round a lot I might end up with him on some teams. And I will not be sorry. I'll not be like, damn, I got Henry Ruggs sure. for the second. It's a first-round wide receiver guy. <laughs> the guy I would yeah. feel like that about is the other first-round wide receiver we're not mentioning. Like, I don't like that guy at all. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> so, and to, I just feel like it'd be good to mention in the show, Devonta Smith is the guy that Henry Ruggs couldn't beat out, similar to Jamar Chase. Just Devonta Smith is probably going to be a 2021 first-round wide receiver um, unless something happens this year. So, so, I mean, he'll he'll probably go early. But my point is he had competition. Um, whether you want to say that he should have beat him out or not is everyone's prerogative, but – that's who you're talking about when you say Henry Ruggs is the wide receiver three. Um, 
And he we was. have relatively few examples of NFL players playing on the same college team, right? Mm-hmm. And when it happens, they still manage to break thresholds that Henry Ruggs wasn't able to do. And to your point with DK Metcalf, he was able to find a period in time where he could become the one. Uh, I get there are no injuries. Um, and right. we're talking about more samples. So, yeah. But I don't think that production at age is just production. And that's the other thing to note about this. Like, he's about to go to the NFL. Everything's about to speed up. Not that he doesn't have the speed for it. Everything's <laughs> about to get harder. Everyone he's about to face was the best athlete in every situation they were ever in right. before he got to the NFL. Experience, learning, there's a lot that goes into playing and being the dominant uh, player and carving out a role in college that I don't even know about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That I think goes along with it. So it's not just he didn't hit a right number. It's like a lot of stuff is going with that number. Obviously, it's not just the age you produce. It's not just the size that you are. And we learn in college, right? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> um, and, and maybe you can pick it up. I mean, Tyreek Hill did. Um, and he never sure. played. He played running back in college for a little while, basically. (laughs) The team really really worked on that. Um, And again, that's why I like the landing spot for him. But it's all of that. None of that sounds like locked in. All of that, to me, means second-round value, not first-round value. My rookie draft, where everything's so unlikely to happen. But yeah, I get sure. It. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. I wasn't providing excuses for him either. I just figured it was good to drop the name because. Everyone says he was the wide receiver three on Alabama. That's why. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah. It's not normal wide receiver three, <laughs> right? And it w- and it's not yeah, like Devonta yeah. Smith was Demarcus Lodge either. Like <laughs> the guy, actually- isn't he though? Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have that argument next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've already um, locked myself into not liking Devonta Smith. I'm just I, gonna I run with it. <laughs> You got to die on that hill. Now. Right, so we've, we've got wide receiver 11, KJ Hamler. Um, that's uh, our boy Addison's guy, uh, also a homer of his. Um, tell us about KJ Hamler and what gets him at 11 for you. All right. So, Andy Isabella. <laughs> All right. You're damn right now. Oh, you know, feeling good. Oh, no, but in a better now. conference. That's basically KJ Hamler. Almost the exact same profile. I mean, we said, you know, 2.4 is good. I think KJ Hamler's best yards per team pass attempt was like 2.9, something ridiculous. Um, Incredibly efficient, definitely playing a downfield role, we guess, with that ADOT. But that's basically what we see on tape as well. Um, Incredibly efficient, while it basically was the offense. Again, it's a worse college team than most, so you understand why that is. But most players don't do that, even on teams in that situation. And what... I don't even know these names, but where was he playing? I guess we should say it. Um, KJ Hammer was playing for Penn State in the Big Ten, so it's not like he was going up against trash. So he was doing everything Andy Isabella did at the right ages, at a young age, significantly above what most players don't do. But he was doing it in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. He's also going to Denver, which sucks, but I'm just – I've got to stock my taxi squad with someone, and I love KJ (laughs) Hamler, man. 
I mean, what if Jerry Judy actually sucks and Devontae Smith actually does suck and Devo- and Henry Ruggs should have beat them out? KJ Hamler's right there. He's right, just yeah. waiting. <laughs> Talk about narrative street. You just bought a house. Maybe they trade or maybe they trade all of them. I'm I'm mortgaging the entire farm <laughs> on narrative street. I'm renting out condos. I'm basically building building a mall on narrative street here. Yeah, KJ Hamler was an amazing part of his essence. Incredibly efficient, incredibly productive mm-hmm. in the Big Ten at an early age. He's got speed. He's tiny, but you know, tiny players would be good too. That's one thing we do know. <laughs> He's got second round draft capital to a mediocrely not good, not bad, good ish Ryan team. Right, the, the, mm-hmm. the team tries stuff at least. It doesn't. Right. Screw They're it very up. Okay-ish. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably the right, yeah, very okay-ish team. Um, and, you know, then we go back to the way we don't know situations run out. What if Cortland Sutton, who is the one in this offense, which mm-hmm. is the other thing about Jerry Judy. I, I, I can see how Lamb could win out over Cor- Amari Cooper. I will not believe Jerry Judy can beat out Cortland Sutton. No. That's just me. No. Um, but, uh, you know, may, maybe they go off and start I don't know what do they do in Fiji? Sell sell lilos on the beach? I don't know. Um, they just want to go pursue their dream and they leave the NFL. And there's just Hamlet, just right there. Like oh, I'm re- I'm a- I'm already here, guys. Let's go. And then um, he's got Drew Lock throwing to him. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then you don't like anyone. If you don't like Judy or Colin Sutton, you're already crazy. If we like anyone on the team, we can like Hamler if they all leave. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Um, and again, wide receiver threes can be productive. Um, and this late, where where you get Hamler and where you're taking the wide receiver 12 in your drafts, I think it's going to be late enough in most drafts and um, that you're just hoping for some sort of sustained value <laughs> in tier yeah. two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Hey, even Andy Isabella was efficient on the two targets he got. He got like one touchdown and 100 yards or something. <laughs> he looks yeah. really efficient on those three yeah, four targets. Yeah, I think targets. it was like 98 <laughs> yards, wasn't it? Yeah, he caught one yeah, like on or a... two 98-yard bombs, I think. It's either a yeah. Monday or a Thursday night game. I remember Oh, that. man, I took him at 112 last year in the in the most expensive league I have. Fantastic. Yep. And you got two <laughs> huge plays, man. Exactly. And that's the lower conference version of KJ Hamler. I'm just saying. We might get yeah. three long-distance touchdowns from Hamler. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So we're rounding this thing out. Uh, we're going to talk about two guys, your 12 and your 13, because I want to I want to hear your comparison for the two, because the first guy doesn't really have the draft capital at all, and the second guy has all the draft capital. So we've got Antonio, <laughs> Antonio Gandy Golden uh, is your 12. Uh, yeah. And then you have a, as your 13. Um, talk about that decision a little bit. I've even got a tear separation between them as if just to make the point. Because right. I accidentally yeah. fall into Brandon Ayuk. I'm like, I can also draft Donald Mooney or Tyler Johnson. <laughs> I'm in a tear there. Um, Brandon Ayuk actually has a better hit rate based on his breakout age and his draft round than Henry Ruggs, to be honest. He has like a, what was it? 17.6. Thank you. 17.6% of players with his breakout age in that draft round have broke out fantasy relevant seasons, which is terrible. It's, you know, one point cut a player into seven pieces players that hit out of those 10. Um, 
I think San Francisco is a really good team, really smart team. It's drafting for how it's going to use players to fill what we were just talking about. I think that stinks of hubris. I think you can get a Brandon Ayuk anywhere, pretty much in the draft or off the waiver wire. And that's fine. They've earned the right yeah. to do it, right? And maybe I'm wrong. It's not like Ayuk is a speed guy or anything. He's going to play a role. He runs in the four fives. He might be more slottish, might run in the field more, and therefore have more fantasy relevance because the team will feed him. But I would fancy Debo to have the larger role. I don't think we're going to get many top 24 fantasy players at the wide receiver's position for San Francisco just because of the way they run the offense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never going to accrue that volume. Um, and I think Debo would be the guy over anyone else. So I don't know how they plan to use Hayuk, obviously. Um, but I, I I didn't see much in the profile before now. And I, based on what I think of the team, I think this is just a first-round pick because they know more than everyone as far as they're concerned, which, you know, puts my back up mm. a little. But, a little um, bit, right. <laughs> but essentially, and he started later, but he broke out at age 21, um, that's where the problems start. He was efficient on those targets for a, again, lower speed guy, 1.7 efficiency yards above team pass attempt. Um, but his production score, again, adjusting his production by the age he was playing each year, rolling it into one number, it's like 2% below the average, which is just, that, that's where it starts to get really unlikely um, that a player actually hits, even with first round draft capital. Like first round draft capital alone gives you a lot of hit rate to drag it back down to 17, your production profile has to be pretty pretty bad. Um, he got you know, 13% fewer yards at age 20 than most wide receivers that break out into a top 24 season. He got 18, 16% lower dominator at age 21. His age 21 season was good. Like I said, that's when he broke out. But So he's a player that played two years, and in his last year, when he was the veteran, when he was the senior... Mm-hmm. Nikhil Harry left... Yeah, Nikhil Harry finally left. Uh, he 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 did what an age twenty one player in that situation should do. That's mm-hmm. what I see, mm-hmm. um, and couldn't impress or get it on the field before that. But to be fair, again, I guess to Travis May's point, I don't know why he didn't play at eighteen or nineteen. I just know that unlike Calvin Ridley, when he did play, he was bad. Sure, sure. Compared to the average, not on his team, not what you were watching, what he did, what I've been told on the field was good. It's just when you compare that to other players, it looks bad. And to be fair, from an NFL perspective, I don't necessarily believe that the pick was terrible because he's going to fit a lot of what they want to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So from a fantasy perspective, it's I agree that it's not great. Um, I would don't think that I would take a Gandy Golden, but you're going to have your piece in just a second. Um, but and honestly, he does a lot of the same things as Devo too. So like, I really think that they just wanted two bullies that they could just get the ball in space and tell them to go get extra yards. They're building right. tough roster, very mm-hmm. tough roster. So it was a good pick for be them, a- I think. It's going to be fun as hell to watch. Just every, yeah. just what he's doing. It's always good. And to be fair, Brandon Ayuk is probably the player I feel I'm most likely to be wrong on because I have the least questions about my opinion immediately was like, nah. And that's not good, right? <laughs> and again, I just ran through some numbers. He was below efficiency, but his last year was good. He did only play those two years. And his, his yards per team pass attempt was good at age 21. So there's plenty of metric-based arguments you could make. 
But what I do, again, to stress it, is look at the age they produced compared to players that then did well in the NFL. Because I think that's why breakout age matters. When I do that, mm-hmm. like it doesn't look like a good player. So, and that's my adjustment. Like <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, so he could be. I got more interested in him when I found out he ran a four five. And I don't care about the combine at all. But when I found out this wasn't a guy who was just really fast in his senior year, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, he must be doing a little bit more then. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's why I feel like I could be really wrong. This is the guy that hits. And none of the guys I, we've already spent so long talking about hit. And that's the guy you want. I can see that happening. Um, but we make decisions. We make a process. We compare it to the past prospects. And through mine, he, like, I, I don't like it at all. But hmm. but I'm wondering then if, and this is just me extrapolating or, like, building off of what you guys were just saying, is that if they if the team wanted to draft for intent, or in a draft for usage. Uh, I'm wondering then if if they, if could they have just taken Chenault at that same pick, yeah. but because of the injury concerns, that that's what it was. Because since they've had they had what Trent Taylor's been hurt, Jalen Hurd's been hurt. So if they didn't want to draft another wide receiver that's dynamic, that's hurt, they just took the one that is healthy. Yeah. If if you were playing bully ball, then Chenault is a fantastic pick there just because he's the yards after catch King. He's just plays like a running back. He's like, it's, he just gets handoffs 15 yards down the field. Uh, But I don't necessarily believe that Debo, despite his name is that type of player. Exactly. We talked a lot about Mm -hmm. Debo, how we like, I wish that Curtis Samuel would get used the way that Debo got used in the playoffs. They got him the ball so creatively. And I really just think they wanted to do that times two by taking Ayuka there. Honestly, I I just think that they loved what they did on offense, which they should have because they were unstoppable in a way that they don't have to worry about teams catching up to them because there was, there was nothing confusing about it. You know, with the Rams for two years, they just ran um, put, you know, a number of different plays out of the same formation and nobody could catch up to it until they did. Mm-hmm. And it stopped working. 49ers yeah. aren't trying to trick you with anything at all. They have a wide receiver in Debo Samuel who they just get the ball to him very simple ways in open field. And he makes things happen. And then they drafted a very similar player, in my opinion, in Ayuk, who now you have two guys that you're going to get the ball open in space. And they're very privileged to have George Kittle, who is a tight end who's actually opening things up for the wide receivers, which is not common whatsoever. So that just goes back to great pick for them. But, and to your point, Chenault would have been good, but I don't know that he necessarily is the player that they, because you can still kind of do it all. I, I view LaVishka Chenault as kind of a one trick pony, but like really good at that one trick. Like, <laughs> he's really good at getting the handoff 15 yards downfield and just destroying everybody. Um, but that's mm-hmm. what, that's where it ends for me with LaVishka, which I like. I mean, I'm buying him, um, but he's going to do his one thing, which is just like get the ball in simple scenarios and take souls. Yeah, all I'm saying is first-round picks, one of the things they have in common if they miss is they're underproductive at the ages they played. I appreciate that he only played two years and he played them late, and which is why I've got a Calvin Ridley role. Calvin Ridley only played late, but he was also really a large part of his offense. Right. Uh, Compared Mm -hmm. to the age, which the the threshold for that increases the older you get. 
Um, Ayuk only managed that in the, his last year. Most first-round wide receivers that miss have that in their profile. And I'm talking Corey Coleman, Laquan Treble, Josh Doxon, Philip Dorsett, Kevin White. They all look that way. Wow. Now, wow. to that point, there are very few players on that list that I just said that were under-efficient by age and as efficient as Ayuk, to be fair. Mm-hmm. I like none of them hit that 1.7 threshold, but I can find Corey Coleman at 1.6. I can find... A few others, if I scan through here, but, uh, you know, AJ Jenkins um, was like 2.38 above his team's average, for example. Brian Johnson back in 2003. It does happen. Um, To be fair, it's a bit of a cheap rank. Like, Brandon Ayuk should be well off the board before I get to that kind of (laughs) ranking. Same with Henry Rhodes. If anyone lets him fall to me there, then I'll take him. Um, Obviously, he's a first-round receiver but um so in in some sense once you get past a certain point you're it's just a joke to keep pushing them down because they're first round wide receivers mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i am trying to be like honest and when Ayuk hits i'll say look i really hated him i clearly missed <laughs> and that's what i'll say <laughs> very few that that he only played those two years and that, that i'll say the exact same mm-hmm. thing and then say he does look a little different he was really efficient in that last year mm-hmm. he only played two years Kevin Ridley got three years. Oh, it was, you know, efficient every year he played, or a large part of the mm. offense every year. Ayuk was only really a large part in that last year. Like, you could make a wee Alin Bowden argument for him, and I'd like him more. And that's kind of why I have him in that range, though. We didn't see him play enough. Right. Uh, and he was only good, but he was good that one year where he played. Like, that's a Alin Bowden argument. But yeah. That's why he's mm. in that range yeah. for me. If I only saw right. him do it once and it was late, Lim Bowden's was early, actually, but he didn't get the draft capital. And so, to me, they they end up being in a similar place in my list. So, without even thinking about it, that actually makes sense to me now. And also, Lim Bowden. <laughs> I did. Lim Bowden also yeah. had some of the most impressive film you'll ever see in your life. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, I don't watch, guy, so why, I don't know. <laughs> he's like 2004 Michael Vick. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's, that's a great that's sounding what, wide receiver. That's why, that's why uh, Ryan McDowell loves him so much, besides the fact that he's from Kentucky, of course. Um, I love the mystery right. of that profile. Like, he played quarterback for a while and was pretty good. Played running yeah. back for a while and was pretty good. Played wide receiver for a little while. <laughs> like, okay, what are you, dude? <laughs> and now he's playing running back, which blows my mind. Chris and I had this conversation. Why did Gruden make a point every single week to talk about getting Josh Jacob touches – or, sorry, passes – and then didn't ever pass to him, and then now brings in Lynn Bowden, converts him to running back, and now he's going to get all these passes mm-hmm. when you could have just passed to Josh Jacobs. That right? That's that's just a guy not wanting to answer the question. Like, I'm not going to do it, but I'll tell him. Oh yeah, he needs more receptions. Yeah, I know because <laughs> I know that's what you want to hear, and I don't want to have to. <laughs> that's why. Like, but he can catch. <laughs> I mean, Josh Jacobs. Josh oh yeah, Jacobs he's great at it. <laughs> it's like what? What now, are you yeah. doing, my dude? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, let's round it out with the last. If you're guy. listening to John Gruden instead of watching that like 10 second clip of uh, Josh Jacobs standing open field just doing jumping jacks over here, hey. and the quarterback <laughs> very clearly has specific instructions, <laughs> don't throw it to that Not guy to, <laughs> under like, penalty of death. Just throws it away. <laughs> that's that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen. Didn't. 
that you didn't catch was on the sideline in the corner of Derek Carr's eye was just it was right. just John Gruden like acting like yeah. he's going to kill him if he throws that pass. You yeah. want to keep your job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do it. Josh Jacobs gets Don't to the huddle. Did he do it again? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> he does it every time. <laughs> All right, Antonio Gandy Golden, Washington Redskins wide receiver. What do you think about uh, Gandy Golden and YC above Ayuk by one spot and a tier for you? Uh, he's in the same tier. Um, oh, no. So maybe, again, that's just me not wanting to accidentally draft <laughs> No, Gandy Golden's there because if a good player wound up in the Independence Conference, you'd expect him to produce the way Gandy Golden did. Like uh, every age, he was a dominant part of the offense, broke at age 20. If I remember right, he must have played. Oh, yeah, that's right. The team only elevated to the Independence Conference like the the year he turned twenty. Oh, wow. So he breaks out straight away at age twenty, and that's a little <laughs> bit more Calvin Ridley esque. And um, from what I've been told, he looks averageish. People were less excited about him when they watched him, but I'm willing to bet that some sometimes that just happens, right? Um, mm. uh, in terms of. His conference level, like I've even been had it explained to me recently that the independence conference isn't really even a conference, so they play different competition and it's not all the same thing. But mm-hmm. um, I have looked at, at the average market share for that conference or that lack of conference as well, <laughs> even compared to that. And Antonio Golden Gandhi was an incredibly large part of his team's offense. Um, and as a late flyer, if I'm looking for a late flyer, I'm just going to draft the guy who was a large part of his offense compared to the age he was playing and um, that went to an interesting landing spot. That just kind of all adds up to me to a perfect kind of flyer, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We can talk about efficiency and stuff, but that's that's why I'd just, just, I'd just be justifying it <laughs> by I looking mean- at other than them. Looking up so, at the numbers. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about um, Terry McLaurin? He's an interesting topic for somebody like you who probably didn't have him very high, did you? He probably no, no, didn't no. hit well at all for you. If he breaks out into the top 24, he'll be uh, he'll go on the miss list. The only other player who's really on it that doesn't show anything in terms of being above average based on their age, at least at some year. Even Ayuk has that one year, mm-hmm. um, is Michael Thomas. Like he's, right, uh, bad Michael you know, Thomas. That's a hell of a hit to have on that list. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just this one guy, and and you know, Terry McLaurin's from Ohio as well. I'll, I'll I'll happily add him to the list. I want more good NFL players. Um, based on 2019, he's the most likely second year player to enter the top 24 as well. Sure, so I'm yeah. kind of expecting it, but. The team's a mess. Uh, he plays a very particular role. Kelvin Harmon really came on towards the end of the season, and I like right. his production in college a lot. Him and Gandy Golden, man, similar types of good profiles later mm-hmm. in the draft, and they are volume suckers more than receive more than efficiency receivers. Like I think McLaurin's much more about efficiency, big plays, mm-hmm. touchdowns, longer gains. And mm-hmm. and both Gandy Golden, I think, and Harmon did that in college. We don't again, no A dot. So I don't know if that translates. <laughs> I think they're more likely to be volume suckers and take a larger part of the targets, do decently with it, not make as many big plays. I mean, that can still work for Terry because he did so well at that in his first year. And mm-hmm. if those guys help the team, that helps Terry. So I don't. I'm not saying they're going to overtake him necessarily, but I. 
if anything, if they were the ones to actually get the job, which would be really weird for that draft capital in their first year. But I think that would help them because they either of them can be really based on their college, at least. And if that's true, they can be very decent volume suckers and that help move the ball down the field and, and score fantasy points, too, while they're doing it. So I do think Terry's the guy to own in that offense. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to get Gandy Golden so late, too. But uh, that rounds out the list. That is your top 12 and actually 13 because I really wanted to talk about Ayuk. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Peter. Um, we got another two-parter out of it, and I'm very happy about it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> two-parter. This is going to be like four shows. I've only just started talking about these guys. I don't have my takes down into short snapping. I'm, I'm adding context. I'm no, being that's, reasonable. That's I'll get over it. I will, Peter. I will get better. I will, I will be no. completely unreasonable next time you hear me. <laughs> <laughs> we want the takes you have. <laughs> let's talk about donald mooney and tyler johnson what you need no carry on sorry yeah man what do you have what are you working on what cool new statistics do you have for us nothing man it's really time i devoted a lot more time to working on my projections for the 2020 season it's kind of been working as a side project along with everything else and frankly okay. it takes up most of your it takes up a lot more time than i've been devoting to it and so I'm going to work on that. I do. Ha- I want to start writing some articles. I have that vacated targets article that I hope to write for DLF and put out some more content that way. Otherwise, I'm just kind of doing my regular podcast once a week. It comes out on Saturdays called the Dynasty Crossroads, and I'm trying to do live streaming and videos for YouTube and Twitch. Some live, some pre-recorded. Um, just trying to engage in the community and you know talk about some fantasy football. So. You can find me on Twitter at PA Howdy or DynastyLeagueFootball.com. All right. Very cool. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Do we have anything? No, I think that's it. Peter, I mean, thanks for stopping by. Uh, for folks that haven't gone and checked out his videos, uh, I forget how long ago was it when you were stepping through and teaching folks how to build a model? Oh, uh, when was that? I- that was few time, that was really useful. I've done that a couple of times. Once back when I started making videos, they were really long and detailed and very very boring, <laughs> and no one liked them. Um, I did a quicker version of it that was actually a lot more utilitarian about a month or two ago. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I would say if, if folks ever even wanted to understand uh, putting together models and better understanding like how the process for pulling together all the bits and pieces of data that we've been discussing, uh, go back and see if you can find that. Uh, it'll probably be somewhere on Peter's timeline in between at me haters. So if you, if you have a chance uh, to, to go and hunt through Peter's timeline, uh, de- definitely go and find that out and, find in, that and check it out. I've, I've got to make that the name of the channel now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's beautiful. Right now I just say it's the grind, man. Everyone's got a different grind. I'm just looking to yeah. share mine a little bit. Um, I, my YouTube channel actually has a URL at this point, Peter Howard, PA Howdy, one after the other, YouTube backslash. Oh. I know. There we go. That'll go work. subscribe. Don't you worry, I make no money off it. It's not, it's not, it's not like, monetized. I'm nowhere near no. monetization. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you will not be funding me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think people honestly worry. Like, I don't like this guy. I don't want to give him money. Don't no yeah. worry, you're not. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> just for free, guys. Just come listen. 
<laughs> All right, everybody. You can find Peter on Twitter at PA Howdy. You can find Chris Allen at Chris Allen FFWX. You can find me at APWILDE. Make sure you're checking out the mailbag shows and all the other great content we have on the DLF YouTube channel. Please like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, and thanks for joining us. It's automatic. It's automatic.